Hey, hey! How's everybody doing today? Y'all ready to wrap up this series we've been in? Not really, right? I, everything everything kind of comes to an end at one point in time, and I, I have uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this series, and uh, I am here to honor the married people today or the single people who want to get married. I have put on a tie for you. Yes, I did. And uh, I, I am honoring you, and I am honoring the covenant of holy matrimony. And this has been a series that uh, we shall not forget for quite some time. Welcome to all of the campus locations. We love you all around the Carolinas, into Kenya, and the folks on the television community, or the folks who are on the internet campus or streaming right now. We launched our live streaming about three weeks ago, no, four weeks ago, and I mentioned it one time from the stage, one time from the stage, and we're able to track these numbers, by the way. Listen to this. Over a thousand people have tuned in to the I live stream experience every single week. So let's honor them and all the campuses. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That absolutely amazes me. So the power of redeeming technology is good to go. Can I get an amen? amen. So um, we've been saying that marriage is hard work, right? And we've been saying that um, not only is it hard work, it can be one of the most glorious uh, relationships on the planet. Let me hear a strong amen for that. Amen. It really can. It's hard work, but it can be a great great relationship. When I think about it being hard work, it reminds me of a, a couple who said marriage is kind of like getting a phone call at 3 a.m. in the morning. You get the ring and then you wake up. <laughs> I know, I know, um, but that's kind of like it is. But you wake up and, and if you don't wake up and start doing some things, Marriage will not last, statistics show us. And if you don't wake up and start practicing your promise and applying the Bible to your marriage, trouble can loom ahead. And so we've been in this series where we've been talking about these things. And I want to hear you really, really strong. I want you to show me that you remember these. If you're new here, this is our series, I Hate My Marriage. But guess what we did this week? When I say we, I mean the productions team. They turned turned the graphic. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. This is so good. This, this is, oh, isn't that sweet? And, 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 do, you, do you see the heart? Our team is so creative. Do you see the heart? Like I didn't see the heart at first and I'm like, oh, that's all. Come on, love on our productions team. They are awesome. So we've been talking about these four themes, and I want you to bless me and show me that you remember these. And if you're new, I don't expect you to know these. What is this one? You are awesome. Love God first. Ready? Go. Love God first. What is this one? Fight fair. Fight fair. Out loud. Go. Fight fair. Love God first. Well done. Come on. Honor your promise or practice your promise? Real loud, ready, go. Practice your promise. Come on, baby. Have serious fun. Go. Now, I want you to do it that strong at all of our campuses. I'm not going to say a word. Ready? One, two, three. 
have serious fun. Okay, and so I've been recommending books to you, and I know we sold out of this one, but Ted Lowe's book, The Best Us, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And uh, if you want those, you could probably go to the Resource Center and place an order in advance, or you can just go online easy enough. Here's one that I uh, highly recommend, Craig Groeschel, From This Day Forward, From This Day Forward. And what's interesting is Ted Lowe and Craig Groeschel kind of laid out these principles in their books. I want to give you one more about the subject of having serious fun. And when I say have serious fun, I'm talking about sex. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Whoever just did that, I don't even know. You you, you might. You're excused. I mean, I I couldn't tell if that was a wah, 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 let's get it on. Or if that was a meh to sex. Um, Whatever the case may be, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work on that over there. Um, And I'm going to love on the campuses right here. Um, But here's a book. And I'm going to talk about a lot of things, not just sex today. I'm not just talking about sex. But when I say have serious fun, it does include that. Here's a book. Write this book down. Men, you want to write this book down. Women, you want to write this book down. Single people, don't write this book down because you don't need to read this book because this book is steamy. It's titled Sheet Music. Sheet Music. And you'll know you found the right book if there's a couple laying in the bed and their feet are sticking out of the sheet. Okay? Sheet Music, all joking aside, it is a phenomenal, steamy book on sexuality amongst godly couples. So when you think about having serious fun, some of you are going to resist me today and you're going to say, we don't have time for that. And what I would say to you is the Bible is very, very clear that we are to enjoy our spouses all the days of our lives. Look look at what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9.9. Open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes. And we're going to be in that part of the book, Song of Songs and Ecclesiastes. And look at what the Bible says. Ready, out loud, really strong, all of our campuses, go. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. Okay? That's the New Living Translation. Let me show you what the NIV translation says. And this is my favorite translation. I get that question a lot. Which translation do you recommend? Here it is in the NIV. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Go. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. In fact, I would say it like this. Without fun in your marriage, without adventure in your marriage, without romance in your marriage, without physical intimacy in your marriage, your marriage will be reduced to really nothing more than a business arrangement. You will find yourself living with a person that is really not your husband, or your wife, but just a roommate. Now, I could ask for a show of hands, and I'm not going to do it, but if I ask for a show of hands and ask how many of you have felt at one point in time that you're not really married to a spouse anymore, you're just living under the same roof with this person, there would be a lot of hands that pop up today. 
This is what happens in a lot of marriages. And this last component that we look at today is critical in terms of enjoying a great marriage. Um, I can think back to when Amy Lynn and I were uh, dating. And we met at Duke the very first year. Very first day on, on campus, by the way. And um, we met and we, we did all kinds of fun stuff together. Like, if you know my wife, you'll know that she is just lovely and gentle and wonderful and sweet-spirited and godly. But she wouldn't mind me telling you, she's not the greatest sportswoman in all the world. She, she, she's, not, she's not very athletic. And so when I met her, she, I remember the moment she decided that she would play on the intramural softball team that I was organizing. And I remember thinking, she is so cool. She's going to play softball with me. And we played softball. And we went on dates all the time. And we went to things like Durham Bulls baseball games all the time. And we would hang out around the campus. We got married one year, not even a year, nine months in to meeting one another. And we had so much fun together. But what ends up happening in a marriage is that before long, you get busy. And you stop having fun together. In fact, just kind of sharing maybe a little more with you than I should, but this is, I always do this with you, right? Uh, just last month, we were out in Las Vegas with a group called Intentional Churches, just Amy Lynn and I. And we were, we were coming under some life coaching, some pastoral coaching, some mentoring. And one of the things that we walked away from in that experience is that something happened along the way. Not landed us in a bad area by any means, but something happened along the way where we stopped having lots of fun together. And we focused on two things. And only two things. Kids and church. Kids and church. And as a result, we've laid out a, a, a life plan that takes us to the year 2022, thinking about what do we want our lives to look like in 2022. And by the way, you might say, why 2022? Because in the year 2022, we will be complete empty nesters. <laughs> and I don't know whether to say glory to God, hallelujah, or pray for me. <laughs> and so we... What I'm talking to you about today is something that we've actually, don't, now please don't read into that. We've had fun along the way. Don't, don't go too far. But we've actually realized that the one area that has slipped the most in, in our relationship is just going out and doing fun stuff together. Just being best friends together. Just putting the kids aside and continuing to date one another. And so I want to talk to you today about this reality because this is what I've come to realize. And you'll see this on the screens and I encourage you to write this down. If you don't have some fun in your marriage, one day you may not have a marriage. Yikes. But it is true. If you don't have some fun in your marriage, one day you may not have a marriage. So I want to talk to you about three types of fun today for the married folks and 
or the single folks who want to one day get married. Have serious fun. Here's the first thing. Ready? Face-to-face fun. Have face-to-face fun. Everybody say face-to-face. What the Bible says to us as married people is that we can get so busy with all the things of this world that we don't turn and we don't really look at one another anymore and we just start attacking life and we grow in different directions. And I've always said this, listen, couples are going to move in one of two directions. You are either going to move towards isolation or you're going to remove, move towards intimacy. And what happens is we get busy with kids, we get busy with work, we get busy with all the extra activities, we get busy moving in different directions, and we move towards isolation instead of continuing to practice that which we did when we were dating that won our heart in the first place, bro. Remember what you did to win our heart? Why'd you ever stop that? Ladies, remember what you did? To captivate his love. That's in a biblical verse that we're going to be looking at in a little bit. Why did we ever stop that? Now, if you go to Song of Songs, I know that's not a book that you probably read very often. But if you go to Song of Songs, chapter 7, verse 11, we're going to read about Solomon and the Shulamite woman. You might not have ever heard this passage before. But the Bible describes Solomon actually starting at the feet of his woman and romantically working his way up her body. Woo! I'm in love with your body. I don't know where that came from. If you don't know, it's a song. Oh, I should have said this in the beginning for all the campuses. This is a PG-13 worship celebration. And this is why, by the way, we have adult-oriented worship celebrations. Our children go to age-appropriate worship environments, and we talk about whatever the good book talks about. Verses 1 through 11. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you are. (laughs) How beautiful your sandaled feet. Oh, prince's daughter, Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Your navel (laughs) is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. This guy's good. (laughs) Homeboy is somehow or another sipping blended wine out of her belly button. Did I just do that? <laughs> Moving on. Your waist, your, your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. He likes her breasts. And he likes that there are two of them. Not one. God was so good. 
God was so good, guys. He knew that you would like the breast. So he gave you dose. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. If you are not laughing, as my son Caleb says, you might need Thursday therapy. Lighten up a little bit. Have fun. Life is fun. Then, then look what he says. Your neck, he's just making his way up her body. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pool of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabim. So what the Bible is teaching us here is that we need to work to enjoy our lovers, and that is okay. Some of us were raised in such a prunish environment that we were never given freedom to enjoy and understand and think about. Follow me here for a moment from a theological perspective. The spirituality and the physicality of marriage and sex. But right now the Bible is talking to us and I'm trying to get us to understand. He's making his way up her body and we're talking about face-to-face fun. I want to give you a formula for face-to-face fun. A formula that my wife and I have tried to live out. And sometimes we have done really, really well. And other times we have struggled. Here's the first one. Talk every day. Talk to your spouse And you might say, well, that's elementary, but how many of us just don't do that? Normally, we're talking outward. We're talking towards the world. We're talking towards the children. We're talking towards the to-do list. What I'm talking about is trying to find time every single day where you stop and you turn towards your wife and your wife turns towards you and you talk. I don't care what you have to do. Lock yourself in the pantry if you have to. Put, put something on the television for the kids. And I don't believe in letting the television babysit. Oh, I don't believe in that. Send them outside. I'll take the television part back. If it's nice weather, send their rear ends outside. And go to your bedroom and lock your door. I'm not talking about sex now. And just talk to your spouse. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? How's... How's life for you right now? Just talk. Here's a second one. Date every week. Date every week. Cannot recommend this enough. Go on a date and listen to me. It doesn't have to be a fancy, smancy, expensive date. Nothing wrong with a fancy, smancy, expensive date. But just date your spouse. Listen to this. It can be at home. Man, my wife and I have had some incredible dates at home. Send the kids to bed. Light some candles. Have some dinner. And just have a date. When you're dating, this is what that means. No talking or texting on the phone. Phone aside. We want to try to start getting to the point, and this is where we've just been really convicted lately. Don't talk about the kids or the church. Man, it's just it's all we've done. All we've done for so many years. Kids in church, kids in church, kids in church. Put the phone down. 
No talking about kids. No talking about shop. And just date your spouse. Here's the third thing. Don't miss this. Get away once a year. Oh, man. I just heard a deep, guttural grunt from a wife. <laughs> Seriously. Get away once a year. Go somewhere. Do a marriage conference or go to the beach or go to the mountains or whatever the case may be and just get away. Do a bed and breakfast. Just get away and sit together and talk together and catch up and maybe lay out some life plans and visions for the year ahead and just be together. Have serious fun. What's the first one? It is face-to-face Fun. Here's the second one. Side to side. Everybody say side to side. Everybody say it better than that. Side to side. side, to side. Great job. This is where you're not face to face and you're not necessarily talking, but he or she's side to side with you. This is where you get to practice your friendship. Maybe this is where I should have held the whole Duke story off and told it to you here. My wife and I, side by side, playing softball, man, doing fun things like that together. This is where your spouse is your friend. Now listen to me, ladies. This might not be as important to you as the face-to-face talking. But this is very important to the man. I cannot overemphasize to you how important it is for the man that you are just able to come alongside of him, even if you don't enjoy it, and just be friends with him and do some fun stuff together. He might, FYI, newsflash, he might not enjoy the face-to-face talking as much as you do. You might not enjoy the side-to-side hanging out, just being friends as much as he does. But this is so critically important. Look at verse 11 of chapter 7. Come, my lover. Let's go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. What's he saying? He's saying, let's get away. Let's go hang out. Maybe let's do a weekend getaway somewhere. Let's have fun Together Again, I know I'm generally speaking, and I will broad stroke some today, and I know there are exceptions, but generally speaking, the woman prefers the face-to-face talking. And, and guys, she likes details. We don't always do that well with details. But ladies, he likes getting away and having some fun, doing some hobbies together, just hanging out out. One guy said to me, he said, I always like to hang out with my wife. And when I do, when we're side to side, I always like to hold her hand. He said, I like to hold her hand for two reasons. One, to let her know that I love her. And two, because I know that if I let go, she's going to go shopping. (laughs) Right? It's, it's side by side. It's good, good stuff. So if you're married here, come on, come on, just, just reminisce with me for a moment. Think back to what it was like when you started dating. Think back to what it was like when you started just dating and you first got married, maybe before the kids came along. Can you even remember that, right? What did you do? Some of you played golf together. 
Some of you might have played tennis together. Some of you might have threw frisbee together. Whatever the case may be, just do those things together. You know what I used to do with my wife when we first started dating? I would go to the grocery store with her. Now, number one, you need to know, I don't like going to the grocery store. But I would go with her because I wanted to hang out with her. I would also go with her because when she wasn't looking, I could slip things into the basket (laughs) that she would not buy otherwise. Amy Lynn likes to take her time in the grocery store. Well, she doesn't anymore. She's got five kids and she's full-time at the church here. But you get my point. She would take her time. She would look for bargains. She would look for the healthiest stuff. I would look for anything that looked good. And, and my wife ended up banning me from going to the grocery store with her. No, she really did. Because I would also, especially when the, when the young kids came along, I, I would take Anna Grace and I would put her in the grocery cart. And I would run down the aisle wide open. And then, I, some of you guys did this, then I would jump up on the grocery cart. And Anna Grace was going, Wee! Managers would come out and say, sir. So we had to stop that. But what is it that you do that is fun with your spouse? Maybe what you need to do is get back to that. What if in 2017 you took some time to start having fun together again? If you don't have fun in your marriage, you might end up not having a marriage. Having fun is not a luxury. And some of you are sitting here going, here's what you're saying. See, I know, I know, I know. You're thinking, we don't have time. You don't have time not to have fun in your marriage. And it would be so remiss of me, and I would say spiritually irresponsible, if I didn't let you know that today at all of our campuses, we are having a life group expo. At all the campuses, when you walk out today, you are going to be able to get involved in life groups. And I just want to say to you, and it's for everybody, it's not just married people, we have all kinds of life groups. But here's my point. If you are married, one of the most enjoyable things you can do together, side by side, is getting alongside other women and men and doing life together side by side. I want to show you a video and I want you to just think about, hey, maybe what we need to do in 2017 is we need to start doing life with other people. And when life groups are working and they're hitting on all cylinders, they are some of the most enjoyable times that a couple can have as they pray together, as they read the word together, and as they do life with a tight-knit community. Check this out. Everything God wants from His church is found in the call to love God and love others. Nowhere is this love better expressed than in the obedience of the commands of Jesus to make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey all that he taught. The gathered and scattered church is the means God has chosen to accomplish this work of redeeming and restoring the world. The gathering happens primarily on Sundays as we come together to sit under God's word, to receive communion, and to baptize new believers. Scattering is every other moment that God gives us life and breath. It's the eating, sleeping, working, playing of life. It's grocery stores, coffee shops, and sports fields. It's doctor's appointments, haircuts, and a million other things. The question is, 
How do we embody discipleship in these everyday rhythms of life? Our answer is community groups. Community groups are where we help each other apply God's Word to our lives. Community groups are where we hold each other up in prayer. Community groups are where we learn the stories of the people around us and where they learn ours as well. In community groups, leaders are raised up, the gifts God has given each of us are most fully expressed, and disciples of Jesus are made. In community groups, we love God and love others. This is what obedience to Jesus looks like. Not more stuff to do, but becoming intentional in the stuff we already do. Giving our lives to Jesus means sharing our lives with each other, and that means community groups. So when you walk out today at all campus locations, there are going to be tables and people and opportunities to get involved in a life group. And I'm telling you, it can be one of the most enjoyable experiences you have ever had. And I strongly encourage you. Let's review and let's go get this third and final point. Have serious fun. What's the first way we do that? You guys are amazing. I want to hear you at all the campuses. What is the second way we do that? Side to side. The third way. Get ready for this. Get ready for this. Belly button to belly button. Yes, you can go call grandma right at the church and tell her we spoke about belly buttons in church. You can even tell her you wrote it down. Write that down. Belly button to belly button. Look at what the Bible says. Verses 11 through 12. Out loud. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Come, my lover. Let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded. Reading this next part out loud is going to make you blush, but that is my goal, to make you blush in church today. Ready, go. If their blossoms have opened and if their pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my... What is the Bible saying? What is he saying? Come, my lover, let's go to the countryside. Here's what he's saying. Hey, let's go have sex in the park. <laughs> but don't go have sex in the park. You will get arrested. <laughs> do not do that. You're like, some of you are like, does God, does God really... Does God really like sex? Is sex bad? And some of you were taught, again, when you were young, that it is a taboo subject and you never spoke about it. And therefore, you've learned about it from the culture, which is the wrong place to learn about it. And some of you are sitting there going, why do we talk about this stuff in church? And what I would want to say to you, as lovingly and as gracious as I possibly can, the church has to speak about these matters. Part of our problem, part of the reason why you look at so many churches in the world today and they don't look any different than the culture is because the church has neglected to speak about such subjects. We, we have to talk about such subjects because God's word speaks about such subjects. God's creation had an intention. God defined marriage. God gave us sexuality. And it is a gift from Almighty God. Can I hear an amen? amen. And look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 5 
18 and 19. Just kind of giving you another reference point. Let's read this out loud together. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving doe, a graceful deer. Here we go, breast again. May her breasts satisfy you always. May you always be May you always be what? Now that word captivated in the Hebrew is the word shugah. Everybody say shugah. A, a, a better English translation would be sugar. Everybody say sugar. Now see, you got a new meaning when you say, come here, sugar. For some reason, this is bad. For some reason, I'm thinking about Def Leppard right now. Pour some sugar on me. That's a big time throwback right there. That was an awesome song though, if I might say so. So, so this word captivated, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Is, is sugar. And so when you think about this, you want to think about how are you captivating her? You want to think about how are you captivating him with your Love. On a serious note, the word sugar is the same word in the Hebrew, sugar, that you would translate when an animal would attack another animal. Get you some of that. There's an intensity to it. There is, there is a passion about your sexuality and about this notion that intimacy, physical intimacy, is a gift from Almighty God. And in the same way that if we neglect having physical face-to-face -face fun or side-to-side -side fun, if we neglect the belly button to belly button intimacy, it can spell trouble for a marriage relationship. This is God's intention. This is God's design. So let me just end today with a few words about sexuality between a monogamous relationship, if you will, between a man and a woman. Let me speak to the men first. Men, you got to work on your approach. Like, you really got to work on your approach. You just can't get out of the shower and say, sugar, you want some of this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, men, we, it, it, men, you got to understand we are different than women, okay? You got to understand that, that women need an approach. Can I hear an amen from the women? Amen. Help me out, sisters. I'm trying to help you out here today. You, you, I mean, men, you can make anything sexual, she can say to you, hey, can you fix me a bowl of cereal? And you're like, come here, baby, I'll stir you up. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, can you change the oil in the car? Sugar, I'll change your oil. Right? I mean, you, you remember Ted Lowe, right? Ted Lowe said, we're a microwave. We are. Sex, bing! And she's a what? She's a what? She's a crock pot, guys. You got, you got you to slow it down, bro. You, you got to work on your approach. 
rub some feet. You're like, I don't like rubbing feet. Rub her back, right? Here, here, brush your hair. My wife loves, loves, loves for me to brush her hair, okay? Um, Y'all don't go there. Just brushing her hair in a godly way is what I'm talking about. Um, work on your approach, approach. So guys, what are we going to do? Guys, we're going to work on, y'all didn't say that too convincingly. <laughs> Yo, come on guys. Guys, what are we going to do? We're going to ladies, ladies, ladies. You need to have an approach. <laughs> ladies. Why, why y'all do this to me when I'm trying to be serious up here? <laughs> Ladies, here's what I can tell you. Anything you wear, anything you wear will look better in silk than flannel. <laughs> Have an approach, ladies. Seriously. Have an approach. Go, go buy some lingerie, right? Um, and, and, I, and I know, you're right, put on some perfume and, 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 and lotion up. I mean, I, I understand that... that, that, that <laughs> I'm really, I'm really trying to help you with some practical stuff, and you won't let me. You won't let, you won't let me help you. And, and what happens is, and, and Lord, I mean, we know, is, we know with the best of you, right? I mean, you get busy with kids and diapers and vomit. Kids throwing up on you, man, and, and, and you're, you're working, and it's just busy. But you have to take time to enhance and practice your sexuality, your physical intimacy. And you know what Ted Lowe said last week to us, our guest speaker? And I had never heard this, by the way. He actually went so far as to say, schedule sex. Guys are like, all right, <laughs> schedule it. I thought that is, that's actually a very interesting concept. Now, if, you, if you've been with your spouse long enough, as Amy Lynn and I have, you, you know, maybe you don't have to schedule it. Maybe you just, you're just able to pick up the signs, right? You can just, you, you just you can pick up the cues, right? You know, you know when it's a good time or you know when you're planning it. And marriages usually learn how to communicate even when it's nonverbal, right? But Ted said, if you, if, if, if you aren't communicating very well nonverbally, Ted said to schedule it. To which some of you are saying, all right, when I put that in my calendar, do I, do I reoccur that bad boy daily, <laughs> weekly, or monthly? Somebody here is going, no, yearly, annual. <laughs> no, not good. But you have to work on this subject, and yet it is very, very important. I want to end with just being really, really serious for just a moment. This is very, very important. And this can be, for many people, a, a very disastrous roadblock, if you will, to growing a strong and intimate marriage. And we have these things that tend to go in our lives, the face-to-face -face time or the dating time. I mean, man, I just believe in that date night. I cannot tell you what it has meant to us over the years, that side-to-side, face-to-face, and belly button-to-belly button. -to -belly button. 
And I want to broad stroke for just a moment. And, and I, just, I, I know some lady is going to want to email me and yell at me. But just, just listen to me for just a moment. Um, and I'm broad stroking. This is generally speaking, okay? Generally speaking. Um, it, is, it is true that generally speaking, sex tends to be more important to the man. And I always have some woman, and maybe I'm not going to have it today because I set it up that way. I always have some woman yell from the crowd or, you know, shoot me an email. No, 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 no. I like it just as much. Well, God bless you. Your husband is going to be a blessed man. Right? But I'm I'm generally speaking here that, that this tends to be more important for men. Now, women, don't read that too far. I'm not saying you don't enjoy sex. No, no, no. I'm just saying it generally speaking. And, and what ends up happening, if, if you cut that off, and sometimes I, I've met many women, I've counseled many couples, where the woman has cut that off. What I need you to understand is very, very simple. You are his only legitimate option to practice the sexuality that God gave him. You, have you ever thought about that? You are his only legitimate option. The other options is he's going to go get caught up in pornography. That is a sin before a holy God. The other option is he's going to get caught up in a flirtatious affair on Facebook or whatever. That is a sin. The other option, he's just going to have an all-out affair. And that is sin before a holy God. And I can turn it, of course. Hey, dude, if you're like, you know, you're just on a power trip and and you're just totally ignoring her and you're disowning her and you're not treating her well and you're not trying to practice the spirituality of sexuality and all the beauty and all the goodness and all the godliness that comes from that, then she is your only legitimate option to practice sexuality without engaging in sin. So this subject matter is incredibly important. And I just want to encourage every single couple here to learn to practice and have serious fun again. And you might be sitting here going, well, I don't feel like it. I understand. But I want to leave you with this one quote. Feelings follow actions. Feelings follow actions. Start doing what you once did and you will return to what you once had. Amen. Start doing what you once did and you'll return to what you once had. Start having Serious fun today. And I got two hunches. One, your marriage will be blessed if you believe it. Can I hear an amen? And two, we will be dedicating a lot of babies in 2018. <laughs> hey, we've been, um, we've been journeying together through this series, and we've been watching a very powerful video Uh, every single week on the Sankster family. And this week is no different. Let's watch this at all of our campuses and then I will wrap us up. Check it out. 
he came home and I just felt such complete forgiveness. I was so happy, so full of joy, and it was all God, like all God. And that's, the story just keeps getting better. We legally adopted two children, um, siblings from the Democratic Republic of Congo. The kids were still ours, and we were still providing for them financially, and he'd been home a week, and I found out that the kids could come home. I actually came to him crying, saying, we can get the kids home. And he just held me and said, let's do it. I was like, are you sure? Like, you told me you didn't want the kids. And no. he had told me that that was told a lie. That. He told yeah. me it was a lie, that he had just been saying that. But in my mind, it was like, sure. the way you said that, do you really mean that? And he was like, let's go get them. And next month, our kids were home with us. And I just could not believe you know, our communication was different. Our priorities were different. I was watching him. He had an instant connection with the kids when we picked them up in Washington, D.C. And just watching him become a father and the way he loved on these kids. There's so many things from the time he came home where I would just come to tears thinking, man, I almost didn't get this. I almost yeah. didn't experience this miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could have walked away and I would have missed out on the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. And the way he was just, he was ready to pour out blessings on us. And I, I almost didn't have it because I could have walked away. The miracle happened of Thomas coming home. And then at the second miracle, the kids were home. And then... And then there's a third miracle. There is a third miracle. There's a third miracle. <laughs> so tell us, tell us how that came about. We were teaching Ada and Jackson prayer. You know, they were learning English and we've been praying every single night as a family before we'd put them to bed. and. She came up to me one day and she put her hands on my tummy. I was like, what are you doing? And she said, um, I'm praying for a baby to be in your belly. And Thomas and I just looked at each other and we're like, <laughs> like, and I even told Thomas, I said, how do you tell a child who you're talking about the power of prayer that that can't happen? And I caught myself though, in our conversation of like, wait a second, like God can do anything. You know, look what he did with us. Like I learned the power of prayer through Thomas and I, but then in this moment, I was actually thinking, this can't happen. Right, and all the doctors have said no, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she brought it up a couple more times, I'm praying for a baby to be in your belly. And we just were like, okay, you know, like, that's great, keep praying. And <laughs> I started to not feel well, and I finally went to the doctor, and I thought I had a thyroid problem, and found out that I was not, just a little pregnant, I was 11 weeks pregnant. And I came home thinking, oh, Thomas is, the, like, he was good with the kid, you know, Aiden Jackson, will he be okay with this? That's a lot. And I said, I gotta tell you something. He said, I already know. I said, no, you don't, you don't know this. And he said, yes, I do. He was like, you're gonna have a baby. And I said, yes. How in the world did you know that? Well. I believed it was just me telling myself that as I read through uh, the story of Isaac and Abraham. Um, so you you, had, you were in the Word. I, I I was in the Word like in the Word. I'm talking about I had a yearning. I mean, I, a real desire to understand God because I had experienced God now for the first time. Like, undeniable. You cannot deny what I what I experienced and, and that, that it was not me. I wanted to know this God who had intervened in my life. And as I was reading Abraham, uh, Abraham and Isaac, I got this this feeling that, that Tiffany was pregnant. 
And I convinced myself that it was just me though, you know, for, for a week or two. But then when she started to tell me, I mean, I just remember that, nope, wasn't me. I just remember thinking, it wasn't me. I'm sitting there in the kitchen. I was like, I already know. And I told her, I was like, it's gonna be a boy, we're gonna name him Isaac. <laughs> Six or seven months later, a baby boy comes. Y'all name him Joshua Isaac. Yep. The cutest little thing you've ever seen with Ada and Jackson as the, the older ones now who prayed for baby to be in your belly. And we just dedicated Joshua Isaac to the Lord. When Ada will bring it up, she'll say, I prayed for that baby. God she gave should. me that baby. Yeah, yeah she so. should bring it up. She should. And I'm gonna say what you have come to learn the hard way, um, but you're married to one amazing woman. She is, Tiffany, you, you journeyed through this thing as faithful, yet broken, as, as beautiful and God-honoring as any woman I've ever seen go through the hellacious uh, season that you were living in. And I just, I just commend you. You are an amazing woman of God, an amazing mom, an amazing wife. And um, sorry, I'm starting to get emotional again, but I want to tell you, man, um, I'm proud of you. And she's got a good man now. And she's got a man of God who's searching after God and who's leading this family. And um, y'all are both blessed. You're both blessed. And I'm, I'm proud of you. I love you. I thank you for sharing this story to the church today. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be um, hearing this and seeing this and then the power of the internet and they're going to be in the middle of the storm. I hope that God does with this story what he's done in your life. I hope he just gives a lot of people some hope. And um, thank you for sharing it. I love you both. Thank you so much. absolutely nothing that you might be going through that the power of Christ can't restore. We've been having a lot of fun in this series and you've been taking it all in, but here's what I know. Many of you are sitting there and you're going, I just, I just don't know. I feel done. There's no passion. I wonder if I married the wrong person. All those things we tend to say that Satan tends to come in and try and distract and steal and kill and destroy. And you need to know that there is not any addiction. There is not any sin. There is not any brokenness. There is not any lack of whatever you fill in the blank that the power of the gospel cannot come in and overcome and restore and redeem your marriage. 
And I want to give us a chance right now to just give our marriages to God. I want to invite every single person at all of our campuses to just bow, bow your head. Let's close our eyes together and let's wrap this series up. Father, I thank you. Thank you for every single person, God, within the sound of my voice. At all of our campuses, God, I thank you for the lonely person who is sitting in front of a television today or maybe in front of a computer. And they're broken. They feel defeated. They've lost hope. You got to know wherever you are, there is hope. It's why we started this church 15 years ago. There is hope. We serve a God of hope. And if you're here today and you desire to know Christ, you desire to receive him, even if you're here today and you're not married or maybe you're divorced and maybe you just wandered in here today. And you feel the weight of your hopelessness. You feel the weight of your brokenness. You feel the weight of your sin. There is a God who sticks closer than a friend. There is a God who can turn your sorrow into joy. If you're here and you desire to give your relationship to Christ, if you're here and you're married and you want to give your marriage to Christ. If you're here and you're sitting beside your spouse at any of our locations, I want you to just grab his or her hand right now. And I want you to pray after me if you're here and you desire the gospel of Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive sin and to restore you back to what God intended you to be in the first place. Pray this simple prayer. Just pray it to yourself. Lord God, I receive you today. If you're a single person, say, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Help me follow you today, God. I want to live my life for you. And maybe you're here and you desire to be married one day. Say, Lord God, prepare my future spouse as you prepare me. And in your due season, God, in your timing, bring us together. That we might experience a faithful, fulfilling, beautiful marriage covenant before you, almighty God. If you're here today and you're married... Squeeze your spouse's hand and just pray this in your heart of hearts. Say, Lord Jesus, we give you our marriage today. We recommit to this covenant of holy matrimony. We recommit this day, February 26, 2017, that we are going to love God first. We're going to fight fair. We're going to practice our promise. We're going to stay in it to the very end. We're going to throw divorce as an option out of the window. And we are going to practice this covenant. And Lord, starting today, 
we're going to get back to having serious fun together, face to face, side to side, belly button to belly button. Take our marriage, Lord God, and have your way with it this day. This we pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords who taught us all to pray out loud at all of our campuses together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. If you receive it and you want to celebrate those who just prayed significant prayers of salvation and commitment. Let me hear you. At all of our campuses, celebrate what God has done. Praise God. I'm going to invite all the bands out at all the campus locations, and I'm going to invite you to just try to stay put at your campus instead of jetting for the door now, if you would. Um, they're going to come out. They're going to get ready and sing and lead us in such a powerful song about glorious ruins. And as they do that, and as our ushers get ready to come forward today, I want to challenge you to do something for me, okay? In the chair pocket in front of you, or if you're on the front row at any of our campus locations, um, or the pew, if you have a pew at your campus, um, grab in the, the, the backs in front of you, grab the Connect card. And if you just received Christ, Listen closely to me, please. If you just received Christ or you rededicated your life to Christ, would you fill out that card? Just mark your information, turn it over. There's a place for you to check. I received Christ. I rededicated my life to Christ. I want to send you some information. If you just gave your marriage to God, I want to invite you to, to actually mark that on there. We, we, we recommitted our marriage today. It's just so helpful to, to respond in that kind of way so that we can know uh, what God is doing in your life. The ushers are going to come forward, and as they do, again, we're going to stand when that basket passes us, and we're going to sing that great, great song, Glorious Ruins. And I hope we keep the spirit of worship in this place today. And maybe if you're married, you continue to hold hands with your spouse, or you put your arm around him or her, and you're asking God to take the ruins of your life, if you have any, and if you don't, you're amazing. But if you do, you're asking God to take those and build something beautiful and glorious with them today and always. Again, our ushers are going to come forward at all the campuses. When that basket passes you, stand to your feet and let's worship Almighty God. Amen? Amen.